I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. What you got for us this week? Well, you know how you're quite into football? Uh, yes. And you're quite into maths? Uh, yes. Well, Christmas has come early for you because I'm putting the two together. Yes! <laughs> how? Um, so we're going to look at um, the application of stats and AI in football. And so, we could look at it in sports more generally, but, you know, let's focus in on, on how, let's be honest, physicists are changing the face of football. So we've got we've got maths and football together. Yeah. Is there a way that you can bring in my third great love, the octopus? <laughs> I think there might be. Well, you know, remember Paul? Of course I remember Paul, the octopus. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> so De- Definitely I mean, dead now. Dead now, yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. 2010 World Cup, that was. So you're going to Qatar for um, for the World Cup, for, yeah, for yeah, Five yeah, Live. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking that maybe you could find an aquarium... And go and find an octopus. The new Paul. Th- find the new Paul. Pauline. But then I looked into Catan's aquariums yeah. and there aren't any. No aquariums. No aquariums. There's a few fish in the zoo, apparently. In Doha. <laughs> <laughs> what are they in? They're on land. <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> Bit of sand. <laughs> well, that's... I'm really surprised they haven't got an aquarium. Yeah, well, I mean, they're trying that, to sort of encourage tourism. You well, have a nice aquarium. I'm for just people. saying that's that's that was my research. I couldn't find an aquarium. There's people who will sell you aquarium equipment, mm. like so. Presumably, there's people with very big houses that have nice aquariums in them with like fancy tropical fish, but there's no like public go and see a shark and an I, octopus. I, I, can't envisage a situation where I'm going round to rich people's houses in Qatar to ask if they've got an octopus. octopus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, this is a feature on a plate. Yeah, knocking on the door. (laughs) Hello, sir. Um, Yeah, well, slightly weird request. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Paul in the 20... Don't shut the door! Long gone are the days of mere whistles, stopwatches and chalkboards. Today there is an unprecedented amount of information on players and teams. From their diets to how long they sleep, players, managers and other team members are all tracked and analysed. But is it worth it? Does science and machine learning trump natural talent and human instinct? And how much do you follow the science and how far do you trust your instincts? That's why this week we're asking, can AI win us the World Cup? Good question, isn't it? I'm I've literally wondered about not the World Cup, but like the Premier League for years and years. I've been thinking this must be possible. It's the sort of Moneyball approach, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so yeah, American baseball has effectively done it. 
to to a certain degree, as and as we'll find out, you know, it's it's definitely happening in the Premier League, um, but it's also it also is happening on the international scale as well. So so the World Cup seems like it's a possibility if you can get the maths right. Um, and our expert today is Sven Schwerin Wenzel, who's a senior developer for SAP Sports One at German sports data company SAP. Now. They call themselves the number one cloud platform for football in the sports and entertainment industry. And How many cloud platforms are there? Uh, well, I think there's a few, okay. actually. Now, Nowadays, there's a few. So SAP did a partnership with the German FA in 2013 uh, to help them, you know, kind of focus the national team. Uh, guess who won the World Cup in 2014? Germany. We might be onto something Could here. Could be on something here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what what does a company like SAP actually well well I mean do <laughs> right well I mean that that's the first thing I asked Sven SAP Sports One, as I said, is um, SAP's number one cloud platform for football, based on SAP HANA, and uh, it's a whole uh, suite of applications supporting teams in their performance improvement and team organization, as well as opponent preparation. So we have topics like team management, match or training insights. We care about the player health and fitness. We do support uh, scouting for players and for teams. We also uh, focus on penalty insights um, and tactic insights. But that's not everything. So we also support the player engagement and the engagement with the team by providing them with a series of mobile applications such as uh, Team One, Scout One, Challenger Insights and Player Fitness. So this is uh, basically uh, a lighthouse product for SAP to showcase how to become best uh, in an industry and also be uh, a role model for digitization in, in general. Yeah, so it makes it sound quite dry, <laughs> to be fair to Sven. Um, presumably, SAP aren't the only firm who are, who are up to this. So there's a firm called StatsBomb360, which has got into it quite, name. quite recently. Yeah, it is a better name, isn't it? Uh, that's started by an American sports gambling geek called Ted Nutson. Of course it's a gambler. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but he's, he's been involved with football for quite a few years now, uh, via various sort of Premier League teams and stuff. And they, they supply data and analysis to half the Premier League teams, they say. So, Stats Bomb 360. Yeah. SAP sort of won, and the Stats Bomb, and I think there's some others as well. So, although obviously our experts from SAP, so we're going to hear a lot about what they do, this is sort of becoming a, a kind of a general thing now, which is mm. going to be one of the issues that, that comes up as we, as we get into this and uh, as you say i mean it's sort of other sports like baseball like the mon- the money ball thing mm. um it's happened uh in hockey uh basketball as well so somebody did an analysis on three-point shooting versus two-point shooting and, and where you should be you know and how often you should be going for three points and and that was sort of you know real sort of rigorous statistical analysis but i'm um, focusing on football um the first uh, psychometric test or first data testing was uh, before the 1958 World Cup. 
Really? Done by the Brazilians. So, so they basically had a, a kind of psychometric test for the team. So where they looked at personalities and, and tried to get a, you know, a sort of a quantitative yeah. measure of who should be in the squad and who shouldn't. And uh, guess who they said definitely shouldn't be in the squad because of his infantile uh, and lacking fighting spirit? Pele. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done, guys. <laughs> so obviously the manager's like, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah. He's in. Appreciate your time. <laughs> Have you seen this guy play football at all? <laughs> and he, I mean, he scored six during the championship, two in the final, I think, uh, and they won. So, you know... It's sort of hard to argue, isn't it? Yeah. And the psychometric tests were like on the sidelines going, oh, mm. yeah, but look at him. That's not helping our case. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's, he's infantile. Yeah. And he lacks fighting spirit. <laughs> so, I mean, the data isn't always that helpful. Um, mm. But um, uh, so the owners of Liverpool, Fenway Sports Group, um, they... Uh, did this big in baseball? They were like, you know, after the money ball thing, they were With just the Red like, Sox. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so they, they, and they've encouraged basically this kind of take up at, at Liverpool. Um, so, what you have is Liverpool actually sort of really pioneering this in the Premier League, going back a few years now. Um, and uh, at the same time, though, you have this sort of, you know, the SAP working with the German um, Football Association. And, you know, so this sort of coming through and now the English Football Association is also working with data providers, in fact, working with Google uh, Cloud Software, uh, doing things like penalty analysis, um, which I mean, you could argue, you know, we definitely need. An, an AI is never spitting out Harry Maguire as a person <laughs> you need to take. So... No, Presumably. but but what it's doing. So what what happens is they track all of the penalty kicks taken by any player or all players throughout their career, yeah. and an AI can just chew that up and spit out like this. You know, there's a sort of fifty seven percent chance they'll go left or you know top yeah, left, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 you just feed that to the goalkeepers before yeah. the game. Yeah, so you like write okay. it on their little water bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know, it's, and it is useful information. Yeah, partly it's almost useful just that like the guy who's taking the penalty knows that the goalkeeper knows his stats. Yeah, so it becomes this like real sort of interesting yeah, yeah, war of yeah, attrition, yeah, yeah. and 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 the guy taking it's the like penalty poker. knows that the goalkeeper tends to dive left when he doesn't know what to do, and and stuff mm-hmm. like this. So it becomes it sort of adds a new dimension to the game, effectively. Yeah, and um and and Gareth Southgate says that they've they've analysed thousands of penalty kicks and all the players' preferences, um and and all the and the goalkeepers as well, and you know, so they they sort of. You know, this data is is sort of really happening and and really making a difference. Is the issue that if everyone does it, then it's a sort of level playing field and so no one gets an advantage? So this is is probably where we're going to end up when we sort of look at the... the, the, Come back to the question. So uh, interestingly, so uh, coming right up to date, this year in May, uh, the uh, Carabao Cup final. Mm -hmm. Remember the penalties? Yeah, yeah. Liverpool won, yeah. obviously. Uh, and afterwards, Klopp basically said he'd had input from a neuroscience company that had um, been working with the company and just uh, talking about the, the the psychology of penalties and looking at data as well and sort of you know mm. working out exactly what to do. And he sort of basically cited them as being you know partly responsible for the the success that Liverpool had in that penalty shootout. 
So that's quite interesting to sort of see them mm. sort of acknowledging this kind of impact. And and the FA says that, you know, it's leveraging basically Google Cloud analytics and stuff. And so um, it's, it's in partnership, basically. And they're, they're getting all this data now. They say they've got 23 million data points every year. Uh, 300,000 statistics from 1,300 players across 30,000 fixtures a year, all getting fed into the AI, and then you know people sort of pulling analysis out of it. So, um, so there's sort of you know there's lots going on. The question is, is it useful? Yeah, yeah, and and also I suppose the question is, how are you like? There must be so much data. How are you gathering it all? Right, so so um, Sven walked me through the, a typical week of their data gathering. A typical week that starts probably uh, on Monday morning with a with a questionnaire that's being sent around to everyone, not only um, the players but also the the staff, and asking for their sleeping experience, asking for their daily performance, how they how they feel. This is up to the physiotherapist or the, the, the team doctors to decide which questions to, to track here. And these questionnaires can be set up uh, for an individual point in time during the day. They can be set up uh, to send out right after the match, right after training. So this is one part. And then probably the fitness coaches and the, 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 the coaches have set up a, a training schedule during the week for the different exercises with SAP Sports One. And then the training itself happened and then the data trackers collected a lot of data and the systems that record these data are connected to SAP Sports One. The data gets imported and can be analyzed um, through SAP Sports One directly for the entire team or for individual athletes. And using tools like Video Cockpit in, in SAP Sports One, the match analysts can provide players with individual performance scenes and the trainer can comment on these scenes, can suggest where potential weaknesses might be visible and what the player can do the next time and, and maybe even um, send a, a reference benchmark scene to see how the player should act the next time. And this is very interactive and, and uh, wherever the players are, it's very, very pervasive feedback. I have to say the idea of like Harry Maguire, and I don't know why he's, but he does come to mind. It's like mm. you know, him getting a questionnaire on a Monday morning. I, I don't imagine it fills him with joy. No, no. And self-reported stuff is always, it's a bit fiddly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, mean, you, I mean, I guess they're covering all the bases. Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing is they want to analyse the games and they don't want coaches to have to, you know, obviously they can't watch like every game that, that's played. No. So, so the AI sort of, and, uh, and the software just allows you to be able to hone in, like focus in on the things that, that really matter. Mm. So, um, so I'm, I, I, I've sort of found it easy to break it down into four different parts. So you've got the individual data on yeah. on each of the players, yeah. then the match data, uh -huh. and then you've got the analysis of all of that. And then you've obviously got to feed that back and report that back to the coaches and, and, yeah. and manager. So it's like a huge undertaking, actually. Mm. It's, it's a massive thing. So you start with the individuals. I found this thing from Everton where they, online, a, the club sort of obviously had to write something to um, the parents of kids who are in the academy and basically saying, your kid must wear this GPS vest and 
um, and the heart rate monitor, basically yeah. in everything that they're doing with the club, mm-hmm, so every mm-hmm. training session, everything. And they're saying, you know, they just gather all this data from day one yeah. on on these players, so you know how much they're doing in training, and obviously, and this is all the way through to the first team who are playing with these things on yeah. you know, in the matches. And you, I mean, you see them, don't you? And they've mm-hmm. got little lumps in their back now yeah. as, as, as they play, and that's just gathering all that all the data about how far they're running, where they are at any moment in the yeah, game, and seeing how it's yeah. all evolving as yeah. well. It must be fascinating. Actually. Yeah, and 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 also they're doing like biomechanic stuff, so they can see if they're performing slightly. You know, when they're performing at their peak, they've got a record of what that looks like. And then if they're injured, how long it takes them to get back to those things, mm. how long they, they are injured for and they don't train or they or they train in very limited ways. And you can kind of build up an image of how fast a particular player recovers from injury. And in and and I guess that's going to go into their value. Like it's part of the algorithm. Totally, yeah. Uh, you know, because these are like they're like racehorses, aren't they, these footballers yeah. basically? So yeah. you know, they're 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 pots of money running around a pitch to a to a club in a, in a lot of ways. So they've got that. They're gathering that data on on all the individuals, but then you've got missile tracking technology that's installed at all the grounds for uh, tracking the ball during a game. So, so you're literally tracking every movement of every mm-hmm. player and every movement of the ball. So you know where the player is in relation to the ball at any one time, uh, any time during the, the sort of ninety minutes. So you you end up with a, a, about a million and a half data points from every game of football from the Premier League, and um, and. It's it, and that's including every touch of every player on the ball, and then you know it will also analyse you know completed passes and and where those passes and what region of the, pa- the field the passes are in. So so it's, it's literally isn't you know it's really not just like oh he scored a goal and he assisted. You know, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. dense. It's so they get, incredible. They're even going beyond the pre-assist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the guy who sort of really sort of spearheaded this is a guy called William Spearman. Um, did his PhD at CERN on the Higgs boson. And then thought. And then <laughs> <laughs> sack this. Found that. Let's move on. <laughs> so, Tick. <laughs> so he, uh, he he sort of got involved. I mean, so Liverpool picked him up quite early. Uh, I think it was 2012 he, he joined the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and he, I mean, it's his job to take all this. So this is the analysis stage and work out how to do it. And he wrote a, a, an algorithm on pitch control, which um, Klopp, um, used and 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 Liverpool for a while. So this is, I think, the sort of 2018, 2019. They started to get a reputation for controlling whole regions of the pitch. If you wanted to move the ball, you had to go around this region that that Liverpool controlled. Mm. And it was just that the way you arrange the players on the pitch um, actually gives you this massive territory, which stops everyone you know coming through. So you know, it's it's, that's, it's that's really interesting. Thing. I guess it's sort of formalising stuff that managers and coaches will have sort of intuitively yeah. understood always. But probably not at that scale of like, you no. know, thought about, oh, if I've got, you know, if I've actually got five players in these positions, that means there's no way through. Mm. You know, they won't have thought that very explicitly. They have just thought, you know, we need to occupy that space. But actually, if you formalise it, you can sort of then sort of rigidly teach your players to, that's what you must do. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. a bit like the sort of, you know, the Roman um, legions where they just link shields and you, there's no way through. You know, the, the, it's sort of that, that coordinated activity mm-hmm. just becomes something that's incredibly powerful. And then the, they also um, pioneered this thing called the goal probability. So at any particular point, if the ball is here and this pass is made, what is the, you know, what's the goal probability in the next 15 seconds? And then you can sort of work back from a goal and work out what are the 
kinds of scenarios in which a goal comes in the you know in the next 15 seconds and, and so you, you aim to create those scenarios yeah so you're like what is a useful pass yeah, here yeah exactly and then so so then you have the goal probability added by a player so so what action a player has done that takes that goal probability from you know a certain value up to an increased value and you look at that and you say well you know you should do that more often so that might be a you know cross cross pitch pass that just goes from one side to the other. And all of a sudden, 10 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net because actually that kind of move just completely disables the opposition. So mm. obviously, you know, they're sort of being quite simplistic, but but if you know like what the team's chance of scoring is at this time, and then you, if you do that, it goes up to this, then obviously you know how to sort of tweak Start your, doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's sort of, it's sort of quite, um, quite obvious in a sense when you do it. But of course you have to report that back to the managers and the players in a way that they can take so can take it on board yeah yeah because yeah. you're not you're not showing Harry Maguire a graph of like goal probability Poor old Harry Maguire <laughs> I mean my first mention of Harry Maguire was just that yeah yeah he's, no, he's, he's but, not very good at football but now, but now, now he's like, he looks a bit uh, thick doesn't he, he yeah but I don't I sort of feel I don't know like if he is I don't know him at all when I've heard him speak I don't think he is Okay, I'm not a great apologist or defender of Harry Maguire, but I don't think he's a moron. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's not. He just looks, just like, looks a lump. like it. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a lump. Yeah, sorry, but the data might tell you otherwise. Yeah, so, so and the data just gets really kind of interesting, like in in terms of how you then so you report it back, and and the the people have to sort of deal with it, and and then you know so. I mean, you can now take tablets into the dugout. So you couldn't do this a few years back, but you can take internet-connected tablets in. So you can analyse, literally analyse, like, you know, in the last set piece, we did this, and actually the the algorithms come back and said, we need to do something slightly different because they're playing in this particular way. So, so you're getting sort of, you know, to the point where you can do live updates. Real-time you know, feedback. Real-time feedback. Do you remember a few months back when I said to you, I was like, I know nothing about football tactics and I don't understand what the, the manager's saying mm. to the subs as they come on. Like, you know, they're going through this like, you know, the yeah. clipboard stuff. And I'm like, surely they're just like, no, they're playing centre half and they just come on and play centre half. Mm. And apparently it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Also, just the fact you've said centre half really ages <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> Left wing. <laughs> Inside right. Uh, okay, let's uh, hold that thought. Time for a, a quick break. When we get back, we'll be looking at the, the risks of a data-led approach, the future of the field, and we'll be answering today's question, can AI win us the World Cup? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back. Uh, so you've got all of this data, loads and loads of data. You've translated that into reports. I am quite interested in how it's applied. That feels like the trickiest step here. Like getting the data, fine. Analyzing the data, fine. Then going from 
the report to digestible, useful information, both for the managers and for the players, yeah. that feels difficult. And that will be the stuff obvious. that we don't know about because it's all proprietary. So, yes. so you can imagine that that, that yeah. is the kind of secret source mm. that, that gives you a really good sort of insight. But a lot of it isn't just like in-game stuff or even like, post-match analysis a lot of it is just much more over the sort of long term of like you know who who these people are um you know what how many games should you be playing with a particular player you know should you be how how should you rotate the squad who's performing well under the stress and who's actually not so so there's a lot of squad management stuff okay Uh, yeah yeah so it's kind of macro yeah 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 yeah, that makes sense yeah so this is something that sven told me about the focus and the benefits of SAP Sports 1 in sports is manifold and in the first place it's of definitely to support the, the, the on-pitch um, scenarios but there are many many off-pitch scenarios that are nevertheless tied to the, to the players and the team behind the team, the staff. So basically the overall uh, objective um, when using SAP Sports 1 is to digitize clubs or organizations and to help them improve their sports performance and team management processes overall. You need to have processes around uh, team management that organize basically all your teams that you have set up in the club from U15, U18, U20 uh, up to the A teams uh, on both sides, male and female and uh, you do want to care about your youth talent development. So you, you have a lot of uh, processes around setting up the communication between the players, the coaches and uh, in for younger players, especially also for their parents. And um, so this all needs to be organized. And another pillar is the scouting. Um, you need to get uh, into the scouting of other players, yeah? Ah, yeah. Scouting feels like where this is really coming into its own. So this is the thing, like going back to that Everton thing, like, you know, you've got the kids coming into the academy and you've got all the data on Mm. every move they've made Mm. on the training pitch. And you kind of know everything about their fitness and about their levels of commitment and how often they're turning up to training when they're injured. If they're getting injured a fair amount, they're just going to be out straight away. But if they are doing well, it's sort of going on a record of like, okay, this kid is going to be worth money to us. You Mm. know, that's effectively how it goes. And that sort of, is you know going on everywhere around the world like every sure. club is doing this now so you get this amazing situation where there's a, just a massive database of footballers and, and managers as well so so Klopp wouldn't mm. be at Liverpool uh, without these data people so so the um, so the, I mentioned the guy who got his PhD at the Higgs boson mm-hmm. there's another guy who's an astrophysicist and then there's a theoretical physicist. So all three of them got PhDs in physics. And this is Liverpool's data research team. And um, back when Liverpool were looking for a new manager, they were looking at Klopp, but apparently the boardroom was like, well, Borussia Dortmund haven't done that well this year. So why are we, you know, why are we going to bring Klopp in? And they, the data research team did the, ran the data on, on what Borussia Dortmund had done, the plays they'd made, how close they came to scoring goals, you know, the kind of way that, that Klopp was running the team. And the data said they'd just been really unlucky in not being able to mm. actually, you know, finish and, and, and win matches. But the, the strategies that we're using were incredibly close to what Liverpool wanted to play. So, so Klopp has said he wouldn't be at the club if it wasn't for the, the data management team. I, I find that stuff so fascinating and it rings really true because football um, is rife with sort of with narratives. 
Like yeah, people yeah. love narratives. People love to tell stories and kind of try and spot patterns, but we're not very good at it. Yeah. And it's a sort of quite appealing narrative to say, oh, well, after a certain amount of time, this this uh, this manager's uh, teams are knackered. So that's the thing that people say about, yeah, yeah. about Klopp quite a lot. Um, but the reality is that it's such fine margins. Yeah, yeah. That, that determine the result of a game. But if you haven't seen the game or sort of properly analysed it, you could come away and go, well, they've lost to that to, to that team. That's a disastrous result. Then they lost to that team. But if they've had... That's why XG is... That, I mean, I know people don't like XG, expected goals. Yeah, but yeah. I think it does tell a story. Like, I mean, obviously it doesn't tell the whole thing, but if you, if you have the XG alongside the final yeah. score, you get much more of a sense of what kind of game was that. Um, and I think, you know, just this season, there have been a few, like Liverpool obviously having a, a, a shocking season results-wise, yeah, yeah. but there have been a few games where we just should have scored. Like they kind of did everything right yeah, yeah. except score, yeah, which yeah. I know is the point, yeah. but it is quite significant. And so it's interesting to hear that that's sort yeah. of what they were saying about yeah. this last season at, at and, Dortmund. And, and, and just it, a bit unlucky. It just it's interesting what you say about ingen- uh, human intuition as well, because mm. it, uh, apparently with intuition, like everyone was saying, don't buy Navigator. Yeah. Because his completed passes, you know, we look at his record of completed passes, they're not particularly good. He doesn't stand out. But then the data guys dug a bit deeper and they said, yes, but let's look at his completed passes that then go on to improve the sort of, you know, the goal probability and the, the score. And it turned out he was he was a genius, basically, mm. you know, and, and so they brought him in and said, you know, this is the guy we want. Even though the data, if you look at the wrong bit of the data or analyse it the wrong way, you would say he's, he's not good. Mm. And this is where all the fine margins are. Because they have you... analysed whether he was always going to be injured. But I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Because there will have been data on, on yeah. injuries and stuff like that for him. But, but this is the fine margins of like, you know, basically you want to spot an undervalued player. You yeah. can acquire them really yeah. cheap. They'll do a really good job for you. You'll sell them for many, many millions more. He was quite expensive. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe he wasn't cheap. But Ollie Watkins, um, Brentford did this with with Ollie Watkins. They bought him for two million, sold him for thirty five million. And, and Brentford are another team that are really into data, aren't they? Really into data. Yeah, yeah. It's um, American owner. It is American owner, but the guy who's behind Statsbomb three sixty, I think, was the data guy for them. Yeah, and uh, and it was you know it and it worked for them, so, yeah, so it's yeah, kind yeah. of interesting. But you know, so so what you've got is is basically detailed data on hundreds of thousands thousands of players around the world, and you know you know that only like five percent clubs. Sorry to interrupt. Do, do clubs share the data though? Well, that's interesting because I I haven't found that out, but it must be on a. I think the Premier League hmm. might be sharing data I on guess Opta, players. Sort of yeah, the Opta thing. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Maybe you pay. You pay a you subscription, get, yeah, and then you can get the Optus yeah. stats, yeah. Because actually, if just thinking about sort of very pragmatically, if you're a a, a selling team or a buyer, well, either way, actually, if you know that you've got a player who. No, hang on. This doesn't work, does it? You would. You. I'm trying to figure no, out whether you. So you whether get the basic it, is it in stats. Your it's about how you're how you're analysing those stats. I'm trying to work out whether it is in the interests of you as a team to share your players' data. Well, no. It's in the interest of the club 
that everyone shares their data because if you believe you've got the best data analysis, then, then you will make the most you, out of it. Right, it, right, it's right, like right. a game of poker, isn't it? Yeah, effectively. The more information you've it, got. It's the, all about yeah, information yeah, yeah. and how you use it. And, mm. and if you're good at using it, as Liverpool clearly were, not sure... Well, I mean, they were much better at using it than other teams were. And now I think others are, have caught up, basically. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, but but yeah, this, this is this is how modern football works now, through physics. It, it, yeah, but it's still surely at some level going to come down to human intuition. I just can't see that you can get away from that, or it's going to be a it's going to be a balance, isn't it? So you you yeah. give you give people as much information as you can, and then they have to use their yeah. judgment, like how. How important do I think this is versus what I feel? Yeah, as an experienced, successful football manager. So, as as we know, you know, you're not going to say to a bunch of physicists, "Can you run the Premier League club for us?" Because you know, you've got Great all the experiment. data. <laughs> yeah. Love to see it. I'm in, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, so you've got all the data analysis that you can do, but you still, you know, have to find that balance with the human input. So, yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's, Sven was very clear about that. The challenge even for AI is that the data might be there, but um, the data needs to be rated. And so uh, another phase of AI um, you see out there is that systems that can detect events and, and, and entire matches to let um, coaches rate these scenes. Um, so rate these results out of uh, AI processes so that the coach, the human brain basically decides whether this was now a good scene or a, a good result found or not. And this is the kind of deep learning uh, in AI that makes AI uh, very useful. And even the rating of a good scene differs from club to club because of the deviating uh, match philosophies and, and cultures and influencing factors. Yeah? So I think we are far away from, from, from having a machine run an automated, a full automated match analysis that uh, just drops out a, a PDF or an, an interactive graphics to coaches and, and, and scouts with, uh, without having the coach to review the assumptions behind and to review details. But it can save the coaches and, 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 and staff a lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah, really interesting. So yeah, it's a bit like, you know how radiographers can look at an image, a scan and spot a tumour, say, in a lung? Yeah. And, and they're quite good at it. And AI can do exactly the same thing with image analysis. But actually, if you use an AI and a radiographer together... They're so amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. 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 Sim similar thing happening here, really. Yeah. It? Yeah. And so it's, it's about um, using your, yeah, your manager's intuition, like your, your philosophy of how you want to play. Yeah with the information that the AI is, yeah. is is churning out and saying, ah, yeah, that's really interesting. We like that. And then yeah. telling the AI. Yeah. And then with that going, actually, not so that that's not so relevant for yeah. us or we don't really care about that. So forget that. And so you're kind of working with the with the AI yeah. until you've got a good system where Cause the, the AI, AI has, what you want. has watched every game in the Premier League for the last yeah. 10 years, effectively. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's got a perfect memory of, of all the interesting and notable mm. points. And can just say, oh, that, that's like in the, you know, 2011 season yeah. when, you know, when Le Leicester played 
Liverpool and, and this happened and, and it's like they can just pull these things out and, and yeah. not you know, there's no coach in the world the AI is a that. great pub bore yeah. <laughs> effectively okay oh yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> presumably um, now all of the clubs are, are, are doing this because the gains are so big I mean, so, there's so much money I mean I think I mean whether it's true or not I think the success of Liverpool through that sort of period of 2018, 2019, 2020, the sort of the way that whole thing just escalated and, and it was like amazing force to be reckoned with. And at the same time, you know, we were hearing about the data analysis team and mm. what was going on there mm. means that everyone will surely have said, oh, I want a piece of that. And I, I found a job advert. that So, so this, um, the, somebody, somebody sent this to me. Uh, it's on, it was on LinkedIn in 2020 uh, from the City Football Group. Manchester, England, United mm-hmm, Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, job is called performance physicist. Oh, and it says City's football, City Football Group's data insights and decision technology department are looking for a curious and imaginative physicist with a passion for deriving actionable insights from football data. So basically, they're looking for their spearman. They're they're looking for the yeah. the guy uh, to do this. Uh, competitive salary in line with the physics industry. <laughs> I'm not sure how competitive that is. Yeah, I think you want to make it a bit more competitive. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that. getting four hundred thousand pounds a week, am I? I mean, <sighs> that's really funny because you you sort of you think about what's happening at that time. City have been absolutely smashed yeah, by yeah. Liverpool in the league and they're yeah. like right we'll have a piece of what they've got yeah yeah it, I mean it just it's like 101 yeah. isn't it it's like HR yeah. HR have said uh, do you know what you know what we really need what they've got so yeah. uh, the, the job purpose is to uncover fundamental truths that mm. can be applied universally to squad management player development and football performance the role will involve the application of physics based concepts to solve football focused performance challenges it's fantastic. What, what, a job. what a great job advert that is. It's just so fantastic, isn't it? And uh, you've got to have a, a, a first class or second class degree in physics, an MSc or a PhD. So I'm in. Oh, close 17th of February 2020. A yeah, little bit late. Yeah. Um, oh, so that was middle of the season as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Panic. Get, mean, get panic, me a physicist. Pep's like, get me a physicist pronto. Yeah, I absolutely love <laughs> Why it. Why haven't I got a physicist? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I think that's where we're at. You know, it's, yeah. it's like everyone's realised that this actually, it's not the, you know, it's not the final, you know, answer to everything, but it really obviously helps. And now, of course, all the gains are evened out. You can also... Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, if everyone has... I, mean, I guess there's going to be varying quality, but if everyone has it, it is going to make your gains smaller. Yeah, yeah. The playing field's kind of level again. Yeah, yeah, And I yeah, wonder yeah. if that's what, you know, what's happened to Liverpool, in a sense. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. So, and you also, you know why the clubs don't really... Don't, you don't hear people talk about this stuff, do you? No, Because no, no football fan wants to hear it. No, no. Because it's not exactly the romance of the game, is it? Like, well, we've got the physicists, they're analysing everything and they're basically telling us what to do. Um, and that seems to be working for us and we're confident we'll get Champions League. There's a great picture of Spearman holding the... the um, was it, was it, uh, it must be the uh, the Champions League well, trophy. Well, we've won every yeah, trophy, yeah, so take yeah. a pick. All right, so, so he's holding the Champions League trophy sure, yeah. and I think the Premier Could League the trophy. the Premier League trophy, yeah. Uh, side by side, as if it was like, you know, maybe maybe he had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think he did. And the Higgs boson as well, and, you know, juggling that with Higgs boson in his pocket, can yeah, see yeah. it. Um, okay, so the question, can AI win us the World Cup? <sighs> 
I'm going to say no because everyone will be using it. I think that's the that's the reason. Mm. If if you were the one nation who were ahead of the game, like Germany were, yeah, twenty fourteen, then, then maybe, yeah. But in an era where everyone's doing it, no, I don't think so. It might it might give you a, a few little marginal gains. I'm going to say if the final goes to penalties, yes, it can. But but, but, it but could. if both teams have got the same sorts of data yeah, analysis. Yeah, but if you've then... got good anal- if you've got better analysis, it's still like it's still AI winning it, isn't it? Maybe mm. no. I, I I think there's too much. Um, yeah, the, the there's too much else going on in terms of the players taking the penalties and the goalkeepers. AI can have a maybe a small influence on helping the goalkeeper, but it's just that it, it can't really account for the stress tiredness um you know pressure like it just, i just don't i don't know but then that's where it got all its data it got in those situations of of tiredness stress and pressure yeah so yeah should yeah. we see what sven had to say yes please i would leave the answer open honestly because i think um ai can be a big supporter um it increases the odds as said of winning the World Cup and um, it is uh, at the end uh, a match competition to figure out who is the best and uh, there are other influencing factors next to AI that uh, that make uh, that make the quality of a team that make up the quality of a team like uh, like joy of playing football and and the unpredictability of a football match itself um, AI can tremendously support coaches and and, and uh, involved staff in the decision making but uh, the human being is at the end always the people that uh, make decisions even on the pitch that's the crux isn't it that the unpredictability and human error yeah i think are ultimately the sort of i still like the factors. idea that just it gives enough a little edge. bit of an edge yeah, yeah 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 increasingly i mean to be honest if it's saying it's increasing your probability of winning you'd take that wouldn't you yeah yeah absolutely but fundamentally chrissy waddle skying it <laughs> like uh, an ai can't do anything about that no you know what i mean no you're you're right Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert Sven Schwerin Wenzel. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.